just do less talking because basically it's quite awkward to hear yourself as you go through. Um, it's like one of those where there's another tab opened up, um, which is causing me grief. I'll tell you what here it is. Let me get rid of that. That should be better. Hi, everyone. Um, We're here. Almost yeah. on time. Cool. Can you hear me all right, Adam? Yeah. All good. Yeah. All right. Good, good. We're back on air. How amazing. Um, Multi-tab stuff on Google Chrome. What can I say? What a disaster. Hey, folks. Welcome, everybody, to Brain Food Live on Air. It's episode 210. I'm bringing it to you every Friday. At least I used to say every Friday, apart from last week, where we had a bit of a disaster. So for everyone who was tuning up last week, that was the first time where we were unable to get on air and we're going to redo that show uh at a later date uh but it looks like we're okay today um but i do need to check whether you can hear me okay folks um so quick sound check is the first thing we've got to do um can you hear me okay can you see the screen me and adam should be both on screen here let me know in the chat whether that is okay and you can see and hear me um now we are also multi-streaming this everywhere so we should be blasting this out um on my linkedin i believe adam's linkedin rob walker is always live streaming this out as well and i think we've got a dozen a dozen other people also live streaming this show from their own linkedin accounts um so if you're hearing this or watching this show from those places do let me know in the comment thread there whether the audio is okay um just checking my phone here it looks like i'm on air in those places it looks fine okay great thank you very much sorry lee i'm kind of shouting i guess i am i'm not using a mic so, so the audio might be a little bit bad today but apologies for that um all right cool looks like you can hear me okay which is fine um folks we have got a very exciting uh, uh, sort of conversation with us today loads of people have signed up to to hear about how ta leaders are using generative AI. Um, uh, to, to date, we've seen that a lot of us have experimented with it, but it seems that the, the I guess the, the primary early adopters seem to be the individual recruiters that have just done it off their own back, off their own initiative, without any direction. Um, so today we want to kind of elevate up and have a look at what leaders are doing and how are they thinking uh, about how um, generative AI can assist um, uh, productivity throughout their entire department. So that's the topic of today. Um, before we kick off, of course, we need to um, thank our sponsors for the show. Um, uh, as ever, we cannot do this type of programming without the support of our sponsors. And every week they step up and say, okay, we're going to put some money behind this and help us out. This week it is Greenhouse. Uh, Greenhouse, of course, one of the leading ATSs out there. Certainly one of the, the best new wave products that have come out over the last decade or so. Um, uh, they've been a really fantastic supporter of recruiting brain food and everything we're doing. Um, and they've got some really interesting innovations coming out, including product guides, new podcasts, as well as new product features as well. So you should certainly check out Greenhouse um, if you are interested in upgrading your central and core uh, recruiting system. Um, checking out uh, greenhouse.com higher there and you can get some of those resources. Uh, so make sure you take a look at those folks. Um, okay, we seem to have Adam here as well, which is great. Adam, nice to see you. Um, I hope you're well and doing okay. Uh, give, me, give me some updates, man. What's, uh, what's happening in your life? Well, uh, since you've been complaining that I look red so often for the last few weeks uh, and you're calling it like a Scottish tan, interestingly, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn and said, uh, 
I think you look brown, but also it might well be um, your camera is oversatiating the colors. That was a term right. I hadn't heard before. But anyway, I look brown in the mirror. I look red on brain food. Right. Interesting enough. Interesting. It maybe it is a lens thing. Who knows? None of us are seeing reality after all, are we? I mean, we're kind of seeing it through digitally rendered vision of what we are. So, uh, so yeah, I certainly look less gray in real life, folks. Um, you know, this is just a lens this issue. Is true. Um, <laughs> this is true. Okay, cool. Let's do the newsletter review real quick, Adam. Um, did you read it last week? And if so, what was interesting, man? I, I did. Now, talking of gray, um, graying economies innovate less, apparently. And mm. um, there was a lot of economical information in this article from The Economist. But the bit that really stood out to me was Japan's population was 126 million in 2000. And it's expected to shrink to 70 million by 2100, um, mm. which is 8 million less than it was in 1950. Now, mm. on its own, that's quite interesting information. However, when you link it to the fact that the proportion of patents filed, of total patents filed coming out of Japan, which used to be a massive amount of the global patents filed, like on average across industries, about 60% or something like that, it's, it's like plummeting. It's a quarter of that. So mm. um, there's examples from other countries as well. But that was the two bits of information I pulled together, which were the most stark, to be honest. It applies to other mm. countries. Absolutely. It's not just about Japan. But uh, no. very interesting. It's very interesting. And uh, what was interesting about this, yeah, by the way, folks, we're doing a, the demographic show, I think next week, uh, where we're talking about the demographic crisis and what we might be doing about it. Um, we've got Kevin Green, we've got Letitia Bidot, we've got um, some, we've got uh, a brilliant uh, labor market economist joining us as well. Uh, Mariano, Mariano um, Mamatino, I think. So uh, we've got that, we're gonna dive deep into this. What is happening with aging societies is it a true phenomenon and what is the uh, sort of what do we expect to occur um, if indeed we run out of people? Um, and one of the unexpected issues here is actually maybe we get sort of less innovative um, and it rolls into some stereotyping. This is why I kind of put it in the DE&I sort of category, uh, because we don't want to be ageist. Of course we don't. Um, but there seems to be some pattern, some correlation between innovation rate and the general age of your population. Um, and this kind of links back to neurobiology also, where they kind of talk about fluid intelligence being more prominent when you're younger, um, uh, but then it becomes more crystallized as you get older. So this is about neuroplasticity. And anybody who studied, uh, you know, training for new skills, for instance, or, you know, doing things at different age levels, essentially your neuroplasticity decreases over age. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that may be a factor in how innovative we may become. So I think hugely uh, interesting and I think very challenging for, you know, a lot of the things we like to think are true in HR, but but maybe, you know, doesn't quite mesh with what actually may be the case. Um, so anyway, I've shared the link in the chat stream. Make yourself available for it. Uh, um, an economist is all over the place in terms of quality, but this one is one of the better uh, sort of articles I've seen recently. Um, okay, Adam, give us something uh -huh. else. I've got two more. Um, mm -hmm. So the third one really links into the main topic of the show. So I'll talk about the second, the, the other one. Um, every year, um, Atomico, the VC firm, produces a European, like state of European tech market. And uh, this year's is really, really interesting. They've said, <clears throat> you know, it's a downturn like it was in 2000, was in 2008. European tech companies 
are much more resilient and established than they were in 2000 and 2008. Therefore, they're much better, like much more ready to withstand uh, tough conditions. That's a good. That's a good point. Another one is, um, it does seem that, like, Europe is closing the early stage funding gap versus America, where you know typically they've had quite a lot more VC money going into the early stage companies. Another interesting trend is, um, we was it more or was it on par? I can't remember, but certainly in Europe. Um, there's a lot there's a lot of money going into ai which is not really surprising but another big trend is around uh climate tech climate innovation and other purpose led companies uh which is not really that much of a surprise but the main thing i wanted to to really comment on was actually the amount of vc money going into tech this year in europe it's expected to be 51 billion. I don't know why they list it in dollars, but anyway, it's expected, expected to be 51 billion dollars, um, which is compared to uh, 2020 was 38 billion. 2020, of course, being a terrible year, but then 2021, the following year, being a massive outlier at 106 billion. So big drop in 2020, ginormous gain in 2021 down to 83 billion in 2022 which is probably first half a lot of big amounts still going in um and then a big drop to 51 billion but the main point was it seems to be back to normal effectively so it's like the new normal of pre pre 2020 um it, it is about what's happening oh valuations yeah. sorry valuations crazy valuations in 2021 um and that was the, that was the big outlier but valuations kind of back down to a sort of normal level so anybody that took massive money in 2021 you're probably shafted to be honest mm, it's 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 definitely the case it's very difficult for to, to, to judge these things of course but we, we basically had uh, an extraordinary year 2021 in terms of vc investment um that spiked everyone's expectations um you know with a view that it was going to be a, a decade's worth of uh, of of uh, uh tech growth um and hyperscaling as we saw in the years previous uh, of course that didn't happen we know lots of reasons why geopolitics cost of living energy crisis etc etc deglobalization throw it all in there um and, uh, and and the outcome of this is that just a massive kind of reset um uh, for for 2022 and 2023 as to what you know vcs are putting in uh, and of course a lot of the tech companies that do scale fast and hire software engineers are typically the ones um that are doing so off vc funding uh so in any way that is a report that's well worth looking into they do it every year tom co credit to them um and they, they they make it really accessible as well i mean back in the day these reports were just unreadable for, for the layperson. uh but these days they've got a fantastic sort of interactive website you can look at download the pdf you want to read it offline it's great go and check it check it out and it'll give you a bit of education as to some of the outcomes that we're seeing in recruiting you know we've seen of course what feels like a, a tech recession so to speak um in a lot of these startup places a lot of recruiters on the market as a result Results of that, um, and it, a great deal is essentially associated with this uh, a more greater restraint 
um, from VCs going into uh, the world of tech. So anyway, check it out. It's well worth you a look. Uh, okay, uh, Adam, give us one more, mate, before we get yeah. on with it. Well, the last one, quick and straightforward. Um, it was the TikTok with the designer pre uh, reviewing the like preview mode of Adobe's generative AI fill tool and um, basically saying there might still be jobs for people doing like retouching work. Um, but he said that it is just uh, pretty incredible. And he did point out a couple of flaws, but he just went, they're going to get rid of that quickly. So yeah. it's know. funny and it's funny, but it's heartbreaking at the same time, isn't it? Um, but, uh, but basically folks don't know um, Adobe have rolled out uh, basically uh, an image autofill feature um which allows you basically to upload an image and then drag out sort of additional space to say i need it filled with something else um and you then type in in natural language what you like it to be filled in um and it would just render it and it looks photorealistic um so imagine you taking a, a picture with your family or your partner or something uh, in your home um and you stick it into photoshop and you say yeah i want this as a background in you know hawaii or something and it would do it and it would look as if you were actually there um and and the this this series of tiktoks these designers are doing as they're basically doing reaction videos as they're experimenting and playing around with this is really worth watching um because you can see that they're kind of worried and they're kind of shocked when they see the results they're very excited at the same time uh, but inevitably uh, they end up asking the question you know wow that used to be a case that would used to be a commission for me you know that used to be someone sending me a picture saying yeah can you do this and they would then charge money for it um so it's very interesting to know um when we're talking about generative ai what the impact of it is in, in employment um it is the creative fields that seem to be seeing it first um, it is software engineering themselves that are seeing it at first in, in the sense of uh, a lot of this generated content is chewing into a great deal of the, the work that they traditionally did. Um, and, and as the gent says, is that he's not sure where it's going, but it will impact uh, that industry and his business. So well worth taking a look. I've shared the link into the chat stream there. Um, okay, let's get on with the show, Adam. Thanks for that review. Um, quickly for the for the folks who are uh, watching this, if you have any questions for our guests, use the ask a question feature at the bottom of the screen if you're watching Crowdcast. If you are watching it on LinkedIn, use the comment feature. We're going to try and get to those um, when the guests come on and we'll try and get to the questions at the end of the show. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's get on with this. Oh, Adam, you might as well plug your recruiter enablement uh, YouTube channel at this point, uh, because a lot of the conversations you've been having there, I think is inevitably you've overlapped with H uh, with uh, uh, AI enablement as well, AI sort of uh, uh, usage. So why don't you talk quickly about your uh, YouTube channel while I bring on uh, Mr. Gl ben Gledhill. Yeah, okay. So uh, to an extent, I think it's quite interesting that we've moved <clears throat> towards like recruitment tech, which is like avatars interviewing candidates and, you know, recruiterless processes and whatever AI and virtual reality. But actually, we've kind of, we kind of, where does a, where does a recruiter, where does a recruiter find the outreach messaging that their colleagues have used over the last couple of months just to go and like save from rewriting it? That's what I think recruiter enablement is all about. It's pretty, it's pretty low tech, can be AI powered, absolutely Gen generative AI powered for job adverts and social media outreach messaging and things like this. But anyway, I think the some getting back to basics and 
you seem to have skipped quite a lot about enabling our recruiters. So yeah, it was 30 interviews I've done in the last three weeks with people on the recruiter enablement channel on YouTube. Just type recruiter enablement in there and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Go and share the link in the chat stream, man. Let's give it a plug. Um, there he is, Ben Gledhill. Good to see you, sir. How are things? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, I'm not um, having just gone out of sports direct. I've literally just come back from the gym, hence my headwear and quite, yeah, fitting top. So, yeah, apologies. But, yeah, good to be here, hon. Nice to see you, Dis Disgraceful att attire, but no, don't worry about the squat sports direct. It's all good. You'd be a model for those guys. Uh, ben, for the folks who don't know you, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Yeah, definitely. So, um, hi everyone. Name's Ben. Um, 15, 15 or 16 years in TA, one of the two. Um, currently, group TA director for uh, MAG, Manchester Airports Group. So, that's Manchester, London, Stansted, and East Midlands. Um, and yeah, happy today to talk about all things uh, GAI or generative AI. Not sure which word we're using today. Fantastic. Let's just leap straight into it, Ben. Um, uh, you, uh, it's interesting. You've got a very interesting kind of job, very interesting set of companies to, to, to recruit for um, and very diverse sets of skills and people that you need to bring into that organization. Um, where have you kind of uh, found um, that AI related software has helped you most? I mean, you've played around with it, but where do you think it helps you most in your own process? And where do you think it makes most sense within the context of the types of people that you needing to recruit into the company? Yeah, Joe, you know it's, it's a good shout. So I'm probably going to go back. The first time I really kind of dabbled in, uh, well, AI or machine learning was probably back at Yodel a fair few years ago. So we used to hire um, a massive amount of kind of drivers pickers, packers, kind of operational warehouse individuals. Um, and we realized by automating the screening and online assessment process, um, your time to hire gets shed to a matter of hours or days. So, so we had pre-scheduled assessment centers and you're actually giving the, and sorry for the buzzword, candidate experience, you're actually giving that back to the candidates themselves. So not only is it uh, faster, cheaper, all these kind of really good metrics, but you're giving a really, really good um, experience and I'm not saying that humans can't add value there but you're letting the machines do the work for you if that makes sense a little bit more kind of recently and I guess um, in relevance to today's show um, at mag we've been playing with um, chat GPT and some other kind of tools now probably for a good kind of couple of months maybe two maybe two three months and our approach has been um, we've been quite um, informal with the approach. It's very much been just kind of A and B testing, what works, what doesn't work. So some examples, um, we've created some new um, assessment uh, materials using it for quite niche um, operational, senior operational roles at the airports. Um, we've used it for our candidate outreach. So if we're wanting to speak to kind of niche candidates, um, chat GPT can help us tailor those cons. And I know people may say, well, hang on a minute, isn't, you know, kind of uh, sourcing or market mapping a human interaction? Yes, it is when they're on the phone, but actually kind of mapping an email and creating it, you know, that can take away a lot of burden. Um, and we're even looking at it for content creation on our new careers website as well. But again, it's been, and I want to kind of reiterate this, because obviously there's been quite a lot of hype out there, as we all know. It's been very informal. It's been very kind of, um, I've just let my kind of team, whether it's a TA partner or a TA coordinator, just play with it and see what works. And I think, in my opinion, that's probably the best way of learning in terms of 
some things work well, some things fall over, let's go back kind of thing. That's the kind of approach that we've been taking. That's exactly what I want to hear, Ben. It's less about the you know precise implementations or the yeah. applications per se, but the, what the strategic direction is. And what you're saying is you, you haven't gone for a formal approach to it. There's no like big AI rollout or whatever it is. It's more no. like just giving the team license to experiment and making that making them feel as if they can use these tools um, with with some oversight and support from top down from from you um, and and not overly directed by you yeah 100 percent. because it's one of those things whereby look you know obviously mag we're not an ibm we're not a vodafone we're not one of these huge kind of big blue organizations but i think to get true buy-in from from individuals that actually use tools systems platforms that we want to kind of say it needs to be off, in my opinion, off their own back. They need to gain the confidence. They need to learn what works, etc. And one thing that we haven't been shy in doing is um, we've done what we call a lunch and learn with the rest of the people team. So, you know, other teams are at Ward, business partner, and etc. Uh, know what we're doing. Um, I've had conversations with our CTO and our CIO who've been supporting us a little bit from that technical element. So, for example, you know, we've already um, been made aware of some of the potential GDPR risks. And the fact they shouldn't really be toying with personal and company sensitive information because obviously chat gpt learns and it takes in what you're feeding it um but yeah it's just be just kind of do you know what um what was the last thing that we tried that and um, so I th- we have tried a couple of things that haven't really worked um and they've just been put in the let's not use it again pile but for things like um job adverts and um, we're putting out our, t- our tone of voice um, you know, tweak this, tweak that, make this more conversational. Uh, can we make it less uh, male heavy? So, for example, if we get a job description or a job advert from a you know hiring manager, etc. So, yeah, it's been it's been really really good. Um, and I think there's already been a lot of hype around. Yeah, but is it going to take our jobs? I won't use a swear word, obviously, but for me, I won't swear. Don't worry. <laughs> um, for me, um, it, it's like any piece of technology. Um, it's far better to try it and learn for yourself rather than the technology put on you. Because you know as well as me, any CEO or CEO at the moment will be looking at GI thinking, right, where can I put that into my business, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That executive uh, sort of pressure will will occur mm-hmm. if you haven't felt yeah. it already. At some point it will, um, simply because a CEO is going to, they talk to each other, they're going to talk to their advisors, yeah. their investors, et cetera. And yeah. they're going to say, you know what? Um, it seems to me that this can do that, which means reduce sort of the headcount, increase productivity, re- increase revenue and all that type yeah. of stuff. So it's much better for TA and the TA leadership to embrace it rather than have some other person roll it into you and say, yeah, you're going to have to do this now. Um, because, you know, that that really makes you into a passive kind of receiver of this innovation um, when we really have to be the, the, the active person, the actor uh, uh, organizing this. Um Great stuff, Ben. Um, in terms of uh, before we let you go, in terms of what where you see it going forward, in terms of your approach, <coughs> are you excuse me, planning to accelerate it through, or is it still a case where you want to give sort of the mo as it is now, just keep going with it, or, or is there a point where you're going to say, right, um, we want to, we do, we, there's a few few things that have been proven to work, that's going to start being operationalized and systematized, mm. even formalized into the process. I think there's, I think there's, there's probably two things that are becoming semi-formal. We're trying to use that phase. I think the first one is uh, job descriptions. 
So we're going through, because obviously we've just gone through um, a large EVP and EV creation program of work. So we will be using ChatGBT to um, look at how we write our job descriptions using the tone of voice, because none of us are copywriters. So we can use that to kind of help us. And I think the second piece where we are seeing it being a lot more formally used now is in our tag to search. Um, so for example, a member of the team in the week, we're looking at some uh, capital delivery infrastructure profiles. I know for a fact they went on there um, and typed in questions like, you know, who are the best T1 construction firms in EMEA, um, which organizations use a type of um kind of print management or software or something like that so i think for me at the moment job descriptions definitely sourcing definitely and i can see um assessment criteria as well very shortly so for me that's kind of two or three things that will become quite formal if that makes sense yeah yeah very very good ben um on the final point assessment criteria what do you what do you mean by that can you just ex explain that to me yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, a lot of the roles that we get um, are quite niche, um, obviously at the airport, whether it's um, in our capital delivery team, our operations, our technology, etc. So obviously we have our values and our behaviours that we assess against, but there are also a number of kind of technical and um, vocational questions that we have to kind of answer and score. So we've used ChatGPT to kind of, we throw in the kind of technical skills that candidates need. And we asked ChatGP to refine A, the questions, and B, the scoring matrix. So not only is it obviously objective, but it's adding to that whole kind of, you know, making sure that the, um, the, the assessment process is inclusive by ensuring that we have a really tight, objective, scorable matrix for all our technical questions. Because for me, you know, as well as me, it's very easy for a hiring manager to say, yeah, do you know what, they used to work at X, Y, Z. I know they'll be good, but we're making sure that we have that really tight um, assessment process. Very Another good example of that might be like, here's our company's like core competencies. Mm. Write me three competency-based questions for marketing professionals or yeah. finance professionals or whatever. It's quite a lot of good things you can do in that area. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Honestly, I mean, I, I've had a, a few uh, chats with Andy Headsworth. Uh, he probably should get on, but yeah, it's I been mean, on. It, it, has it? Oh, awesome. Recent, uh, very recently, yeah. But you know, it, it's it, it's, and that's why I'm glad you two guys and hopefully a lot of people in the chat. Kind of agree with my approach of just have a play with it have a tinker there's no right and there's no wrong we're still defining how we use it so hopefully people can you know just kind of crack on and learn really yeah that's fantastic and by the way just to reiterate that example i think it's really really good um because some of the people that have experimented with uh, generative ai have stopped when it's not produced what you wanted to to, to, to output for you um and one of the techniques is that you've got to actually give it some context the more mm. context you're able to give it the better it is um yeah. so for instance in the assessment example that both adam and uh, ben just mentioned there it's about feeding information in that you have already produced and then asking the ai to say what would you can you produce me some questions around these values that i want to recruit for and then can you verify the scoring matrix and make sure it's inclusive and fair and they can give you some outputs that you can then use um so it's a very good example i think of how you interact with the tooling in order to produce the output that you want rather than think right i'm just going to ask a question and it's going to come back to me you've got to kind of give it context to give the value um yeah. ben listen i know you're a busy man so i've got to let you go um take a shower man I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looks like you know you get on with the rest of your day mate um but i'll hopefully see you soon i think you're at breakfast that you fella um yeah i'll see yeah i'll see you in a couple of weeks yeah you two all right i'll see you in a couple of weeks in there with me
Cheers. Take care, everyone. Ta-da. He's off back to the gym, by the way, to go and keep sculpting himself. I, I tell you what, I heard some commentary there about Ben's sort of uh, athleticism. He's a unit, you know, he's a nice <laughs> yes. lad, but he's a unit. You don't want to run into Ben in uh, sort of uh, any pace because you're going to come off worse there, I guarantee you. Um, right, okay, let's bring on our next guest. We're going to go with um, Jenny. I hope Jenny's up. I know it's super early where she's it, where she is, but um, let's see what Jenny... mid-morning. <laughs> I don't even know what time it is. I'm in the wrong country, mate. <laughs> so oh, yeah, getting... right enough. Uh, although I'm only one hour ahead, so I should be okay. Um, but let's see if Jenny's uh, seen that um, uh, update and uh, she can come on and talk to us about her experience. Um, what do you think of uh, Ben's approach there, by the way? Do you think that's probably the best way, keep it fairly loose, um, not have an overly directive method? And what are your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, 100%. You've got to try different things. Try it for... If you've got 55 processes in talent acquisition, try out ChatGPT and other generative AI on all of them and see what works. And then see what works. And there she is. There's Jenny. Very nice to see you and meet you, Jenny. I don't think we've had the pleasure. So this is a great way to uh, to, to connect with you. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Just a chat. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, I can well. hear you fine. Um, perfect. Perfect. Jenny, so why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Who are you? What is you do? Sure. Um, so I'm Jenny Cody Kangas or JCK. I um, most recently was a director for Veritone, an AI company, um, and Panda Logic, uh, specifically doing storytelling about using AI for good in um, the HR space. Um, unexpectedly, this week, this is the first time I'm going public about this, my role was eliminated. And so um, now I am leaning into continuing the AI for good um, piece, but specifically helping leaning into helping HR leaders specifically figure out like, how can you use your AI powers for good? So um, like one of the pieces that I, I have uh, written down was like, like you had called out hung, like um, specifically like when you're, when you're going into like building a prompt, cause that's like how we, it's, it's like Boolean, right? Like it's the string that you're using in order to get the right answer. You have to have the right sharp question. And it's really, really important that with the prompt you have three key elements. One is the role of the person or the hat that you wanted to wear. So for example, acting as a leadership coach specific to the HR space, um, can you blank? And then the goal you are trying to achieve and then the desired format of the response. So like a step-by-step -step guide or like, um, you know, like a just like free form. There's a lot of different ways, but like crafting that prompt is really, really important because otherwise, if you think about it, ChatGPT essentially has all of the hats that are out there in the world, right? Like, so I have an integrated marketing specialist. I've got um, an HR leader, I've got all these different hats. And in order to get it to respond the right way, I have to call out the hat that I want it to wear. And then I have to coach it on what I want it to do. So as an example, uh, well, so <laughs> last week, you guys might enjoy this one. I was speaking in Austin at a from, um, from day one conference um, to HR leaders and, uh, I noticed that there was a lot of fear about generative AI and specifically AI coming for people's jobs. And so um, I blew up my script 30 minutes before I spoke and I had ChatGPT co-write me a new one. And so that I opened up with like, okay, so here's what I did, here's how I did it. And I framed the prompt and then I read what it was. And essentially um, ChatGPT helped me take something complicated like programmatic job advertising and explain it to a layperson to like maximize understandability. And um, as a leader with a disability, like ChatGPT has been a game changer for me. So like later, 
earlier, I think it was that night before, I took an integrated marketing form. So we had had a, a form for like, um, just like how, for an in integrated marketing, like intake form for our team. And I received it via email and I clarified with my team, like, what is it that you want me to do with this? So like, just do you. And I was like, cool. And so I said to ChatGPT, acting as an integrated marketing um, consultant, can you please give me a high level overview um, of, you know, this form, any areas that might be missing or any areas that you might want to sharpen? And so it gave me a full analysis of this. And then I had it reverse engineer a new form with the feedback it had. And then I had it take that form um, and put it in a format that could be used in Google when that could be implemented in Jira including the um, branching methodology for how you're gonna build this in SaaS, um, which fields should be required, which fields shouldn't be required, um, and specific prompts or like, uh, like little skittles that would be um, able to promote um, just understanding for the person if they didn't understand how, so it was like layperson terms. And then I had it do a, uh, an intro letter to the team at the top of this document that explained what it was we were doing and why it was we were doing it. So the what behind the why, or the why behind the what, um, and uh, thanking them for their help. And then I had it do a uh, an email to my team, like the, the leadership team saying, here's what I did and how I did it. And all that took 13 minutes, right? So like, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing is like, this is a technology. Yes, you can use it for copywriting. Yes, you can use it for other things, but like, some of the things that I just um, wrote down, like how to evaluate technology, what questions to ask, acting as a um, acting as a, a leadership coach specific to the HR industry. Can you help me craft the questions that should be asking vendors when I'm evaluating technology? Um, how to build stronger business cases. So, I'm an HR leader who's who's trying to bring generative AI into my organization. Can you help me write a compelling business case that's going to get the buy-in from this leader? Um, let's see how to build a comprehensive data strategy, because as we know, like it's data or it didn't happen, right? So if you don't know where to begin, like again, if you can call out the specifics on this, it's really, really important. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm monologuing. <laughs> Sorry, no, guys. I get excited about this. I've got so much to say, but I, there's no way that I'm stopping you when you you keep coming up with all these diamonds. I, so I think that's when, quite right, Adam. Um, I mean, Jenny, the the, the monologue was great, um, particularly when you got to the point of interacting with um, kind of thinking about the, the 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 specific use cases that leadership in HR and TA has. Um, you know, how do you build a business case? How do you do the evaluation of technology? All of those things are questions I'm sure just run like typically just bouncing around the head of an individual person. Um, and they, uh, you have a tool that can actually give you some outstanding information here, or at least a, 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 a way to, to start thinking about this, this topic, uh, without you just having a blank slate all the time. So, um, that's a really, uh, interesting, uh, well, one of the most obvious ways in which leaders can and should be using this type of technology. Um, uh, so. There's into other ones that like I think would be like some of the quick ones that have saved me massive time and hung. I know you don't know this about my story, but in 2020, I had a massive head injury and I um, I hit my head and I lost all of my memory. And so I had to restart over again and, and learn with a fresh slate. Um, 
it's helped me immensely, especially in the TA space, because I lost my design bias for how we had historically solved these problems. And so in terms of like being able to, to build things outside the box, I didn't have that how we've always done it kind of hold back. And it's helped me be able to, you know, really look at problems from a 360 degree and then like let's reverse engineer the most efficient way possible. And so one of the things with my head injury, I can only be on a screen for so many minutes in a day um, or I'll have a seizure or um, pass out, which is not ideal. And so I have to be very, very conscious of cognitive load. And um, so what essentially I've done is I've taken ChatGPT as like my super powered like assistant. And so now I can have it take an email, for example. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten those emails that are super, super, super long and like just like they don't have a point and or it doesn't seem like they have a point and it's like just hard and sometimes like you start reading it and then it's like I can't get through it and then I'm going to go back to it and it's like what the heck are they trying to say copy and paste the email into chat GBT and say um, can you give me the high level summary of this in specific action items and then I go back to the email and then I say right I'll have it craft a clarification email back to the person who wrote it say just to clarify, are these the main points that you wanted to bring forward? So I'm synthesizing it down and then I'm clarifying before I go forward that I've got the right piece, right? And so like the email piece, like even taking like an email, copying and pasting the email and saying, reverse engineer a response to this email. It gets me 85% of the way, really, really like in 15 seconds. And then I can just sharpen it from there, right? Do you know what? How close are we to actually having this like inbuilt into an email uh, software? Um, because um, if, if it was actually there, I think everyone would use this. Um, uh, you, you know, if you could simply have a, a toggle to say, right, I want every single email I ever received to be completely condensed um, and summarized in three bullet points, please. I think everyone would switch that toggle on. Um, so I wonder, I wonder whether well, you know, Gmail or, just, or I, Microsoft I mean, thinking about this. Sorry, Andrew, did you still hear me? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I did it yesterday. Andrew Godomsky posted about the EU, um, like, AI law um, directive, I guess it is. Um, and I, I mean, I, I'm not a bad writer, but I'm not a good reader. So I just pasted it into ChatGPT and said, summarize this for a 12-year-old. And, you know, ChatGPT did, and it was great for me. Yeah. Well, one I mean, of the other just... ways, too, is, like, um, I've had it do because here in the States, we've got some changing legislation that's coming down um, the pike. So there's like local law 144 coming out of New York City that says, if you recruit um, if you recruit in the city of Manhattan, you have to undergo an independent bias audit in terms to make sure like that your, your technology isn't, isn't biasing people at scale. We've got things that are coming out of, um, out of California. We've got things that are coming out of Colorado. And historically, um, what I've seen is a tendency for HR to get really specific. I'm like, oh, I need to, um, I need to build my processes to respond to local law 144, which is great. But one of the cool things you could do is take a block of each of the different laws and then have it acting as an HR, you know, technology or transformation consultant or whatever it is um, for that specific hat that you wanted to wear. Have it analyze and give you a summer summary of the meta implications of these laws. Right. So like instead of saying I'm just going to change my practices for Colorado to put like pay and benefits on my roles just in Colorado. Right. What if I can pull it out to look at the macro implications of like, OK, well, ultimately at its core, what local law 144 is saying is that 
you have to have a workflow for how you make decisions, right? And that workflow is important because we don't want to bias people. And if you're using technology, we need to make sure that the, the technology doesn't go broke, right? So it helps me kind of like reflect back the true moments that matter because it's so important when we go to build something, right? Like that we we build for the issues instead of the symptoms, right? And yeah, so, and um, I, I, on this, Jenny, I particularly like the idea. I think a lot of people are going to be intimidated by a, a legislation that's coming out, but um, rather than simply you know react to it, why don't you use to pipe the legislation into a generative uh, AI product uh, have it kind of give you recommendations on what you need to do policy-wise. Um, uh, you, you kind of use it to help you um, to, to deal with the legislation that's meant to be judging it. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting, Jenny. Um, but before we continue, we do have to talk about a couple of things here. I mean, firstly, I didn't know about your injury. Um, and, and I'm very sorry, firstly, to, to, to understand that you had that traumatic incident. Um, and how... I guess it's, I mean, we need to, have, this is another topic of conversation we should be having, you know, how, how, how does that impact your ability to, to look with fresh eyes on, you know, what may have been a lot of legacy stuff. Um, so that's something I think definitely worth exploring if you're for a later date. Um, but you also mentioned that actually your, your, your job has been made redundant very recently, which has caused consternation in the chat stream. I don't know whether you've seen that. Um, I so I'm not, I'm focused on just YouTube right now. So I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. There, but, um... So, so on that note, I mean, with regards to sort of the uh, the redundancy, um, uh, the, uh, is there is there a forward path for you in terms of what it is you want to do? Um, do you have a, a, a I guess, do you, do you have anything you want to say to the audience in terms of what it is that your next step might be right now? Well, I think out of the gates initially, um, my next step is going to be helping HR and talent acquisition leaders and companies be able to learn how to use generative AI for good. So like think of really like working sessions of like we're working like side by side, um, you know, coaching them through, here's the deal. You might not know where to begin with, with ChatGBT, but ChatGBT can be your coach for how to use ChatGBT. So you can have it actually be your prompt engineer, right? Like some of those quick little like um, tricks and tips for not only like how to use it, but also where to deploy it because it's so incredibly important that like where you deploy AI and automation, if again, it's, if you got to look at the entire ecosystem. So having that process map of like from high to hire or high to fire, and then figuring where's the friction present, where could I use AI automation? It's a different way of going about it, but I really want to come alongside of leaders and help them, help them learn the how, help empower the how. You know what? I really think that is a very necessary um, uh, uh, service you might provide, Jenny, whatever context that may be, whether it's a solo play or you end up joining a business that helps do that. Because I do feel that at the leadership level, um, we are kind of a little bit behind people at the individual contributor level. Um, similar to what Ben's mentioned earlier, it's like the people who are actually using the tools are, are ahead of the, the, the executive. Um, and, and that probably isn't ideal because the, it's the leadership that are going to be making decisions at some point about whether you can or cannot use these things. And, and the leaders need to get intimately involved into these technologies rather than just, you know, following what everyone else does. Final question for you, Jenny, before you look, we let you go. Why do you think that's the case, that the leadership are kind of slower in adopting um, generative AI than perhaps the individual contributors? Well, geez, um, fear, I think is a big one. Like just those fear of the unknown, because we hear so often like, 
oh, generative AI or AI is coming for my job. And one of the things I always say is like, AI is not coming for your job, but somebody who knows how to leverage AI is potentially, right? So like, if you don't learn how to use this power for good, you might be offset by somebody who, who does know how to, right? And so I think there's that. And I think just in general, and this is one of the things that's been like a huge blessing with my head injury is like, I've lost the design bias that like, you can't do it, right? So it's like, well, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to go. Like we don't have a clear blueprint for success. That bias to action or choosing to begin is really hard to do. And so I think this is a this is a space, much like we've seen historically with like the assessment industry, right? Like when when changes were happening um, in terms of like how do you assess like assessments, like scientifically, when all of that stuff went through the pike, right? Um, it forced us to change, and it had us we had to develop skills that we didn't have before. I think that's the piece is like, we're in, in, in white space here. And like, we truly have to choose to begin. And that's a different side, right, of your brain. And so I think there's just like a lot of unknown. And like, here's the deal, everybody who's on this conversation. The only way to solve a hard problem is to choose to begin. It's not about like having the right blueprint. It's about figuring out how can I shift drift like my strategy when it goes off, off, you know, off course to ensure that we're delivering success. Generative AI, how it is today, how it is tomorrow, you know, those what ifs pieces, like we don't know how this is gonna land, which is an awesome opportunity for those of you who are in this conversation, right? My guess is a lot of you have a growth mindset. My guess is a lot of you know how to build. Like take that what if and build it into how. Right, like you've got an opportunity to craft what good looks like as we move forward, and like when there is this uncertainty, it gives people an opportunity to you know build for tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jenny. I'll really look forward to touching base with you after this conversation at some later point to figure out exactly how you're going to sort of develop your uh, uh, advisory into that sort of uh, uh, executive tier. I think it could be really useful for the industry. Um, but let me take uh, the time and say thank you very much for joining us, Jenny. We've got to roll people on and off this show because we've got loads of people to bring on. Thank you so much for joining the show. It's been fantastic uh, hearing from uh, your perspective. Um, and I'm very sure that in very short order, there's going to be good opportunities flowing your way also, Jenny. Perfect. Thanks. And I'm going to be building tech too on, on the top of it. So we will see that until next time. Even more exciting stuff to, to learn. So follow Jenny uh, on LinkedIn, folks. A link is in the chat stream. Okay, cool. Um, let's keep going forward. Uh, by the way, folks, before we actually bring on our next guest, it's going to be Yasser Ahmad. Uh, before we bring Yasser on, we always do this in the middle of every show, uh, just to make sure that basically everyone has the opportunity to continue the conversation, um, even though we have to come off air. Typically, we have two uh, conversations are always too long, but we always have to finish it around you know, the 60, 70, 80 minute mark. Uh, and we're rapidly closing on that. So um, we always want to take the moment to say, uh, grab your LinkedIn URL at this point, share it in the chat stream if you're watching this on Crowdcast and then connect with everyone else who is doing the same. If you're watching this on LinkedIn, which I, by the way, thousands of people seem to be doing that. Um, if you're watching this on any LinkedIn channel, 
take your URL, a LinkedIn URL, and just put it in the comment thread in that particular channel and then connect with everyone you see there. Um, the worst case scenario is that everyone walks away from the hour or so you spent on the show with 150 new connections that are in our industry that care about this topic and want to talk about it. Um, basically means you're going to have a, a boosted network um, that's going to help educate you um, and give you access to that network intelligence, uh, which is a critical part of learning new information uh, uh, on new technology. Okay, cool. Um, let's keep going. Um, we're going to bring on Yasser Ahmad. Um, by the way, we've still got Rebecca to come. Hang on, let's have a look. Um, and we've still got Dian Tegzia to come as well. So uh, we're going to roll forward uh, in rapid pace here. Um, hopefully I haven't interrupted Yasser's busy day because I know he's a very busy man. Um, and he's been hanging on in there um, for way too long. Oh, let's do this. Rachel, actually, that we need later on, I think. Oh, Yas is coming on. Here we go. Oh, what's happened here? There he is. Yes, sir. Can you hear me, mate? Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. We Sorry, have you, that. yes, sir. <laughs> no worries. We, we saw a floated, like, Hello Fresh anime thing going on so i, I you you you're doing your job and you're sort of delivering representing brand uh yes sir, as you've done that you might as well introduce yourself who are you what is you do man thanks uh my name is Yasser ahmed i'm the global vice president of talent mobility and rewards at HelloFresh. um and excited to be here Great to have you on the show, Yassar. Um, why don't we dive straight in? Um, because you are one of those people that is certainly one of the, the, the more curious TA leaders out there. And these days, not even a TA leader, because I know you do the bends and, and reward side as well. So kind of a yeah. people leader. Um, um, what, so what have you been doing with um, uh, generative AI? How have you thought about potentially you know, operationalizing it throughout throughout the uh, TA and HR functions at, at HelloFresh? Yeah, yeah, let me share. So um, firstly, with ChatGPT, it's not always accurate, right? But it's very convincing. So I'm very careful about disinformation, usually trying to use as much rational thinking as possible. Um, our approach at HelloFresh is to be fast followers, not early adopters. Um, so what that means is that a lot of people right now are using ChatGPT to improve their productivity, less so much for actual recruitment or improving the recruitment. So there's still a lot to discover there. So for me, I'm a stickler for optimized productivity, right? So I'm a big believer in relentless priority, like making sure whatever I'm doing is 100% gonna have an ROI or an impact. So for me, I focus uh, generative AI and ChatGPT on my to not do list. So everything that's given to me that I shouldn't be doing, I do it. So I was thinking about before this call, what have I used ChatGPT for, for this week? And I was surprised how much I used it. And I was looking through all the things and I use uh, different uh, Chrome add-ons like AI PRM and Snack Prompt to help me with my prompts. But I, I made a list and it was like, draft a Slack message that's more engaging uh, and draft an email that's more engaging about a TA strategy we're about to launch. Uh, be diplomatic with difficult people. Write me an email when I'm trying to be, this person's being difficult or rewrite my notes from this uh, meeting or write a 
like one of the ones that I found most interesting was I wrote, write me an in-depth review on the idea of a CR process mentioned in the book of scaling people and processes, which then gave me like the pros and cons of what this is. But in the book, it's just all pros, right? Give me the sources of that with the links. And it gave me the sources and links. So it just helped me gather information so much faster than what I would have been able to do in Google. I use it for like arguments and escalation. So like keep it professional because for me, I'm a hothead sometimes and I need to walk away take five minutes to come back with. In this case, I'm like, this person's an asshole. Can you please write a professional email where I'm being extremely nice and killing them with kindness, right? And I'm not saying that I do, I'm all like that all the time, but it does happen to the best of us. Um, use it for formulas. So like more recently, you were having this debate on quality of hire. What does that even mean? So I said, simply put in the midst of the discussion, give me five formulas measuring quality of hire with sources and links. Because the problem with ChatGPT is you just ask it a question and give you the answer, but there's no source to it. Where is it coming from? Is it accurate? How relevant? When was it recently published? Where is it pulling this data from? Um, I don't do this, but I know people who do do this. So I'm making a massive caveat there that I do not do this. But if you were to do this, uh, you could build a profile, like you could do reviews with it, right? So you know annual appraisals, kills a big portion of your time in a year. If you've got a big team of like 100 plus people and you've got like 50 people asking you for feedback, it's quite intense, right? It could take a whole week, two weeks to provide that feedback. And then larger the organization gets, the more feedback requests you get as the more senior you get. So if I was this type of person, which I'm not, uh, I would build a profile of that person, right? Share their CV on there, put their job description, feed it information, put their previous review on there, and then the questions that need to be answered in the most recent review. Then a little side note, which a lot of people don't do, which they probably should do, which is uh, write this review in a non-AI way, which usually calls the, uh, the AI generators checking. So, you know, like when people uh, check the text if it's AI. Yeah, it fools that completely. And so what you have there is like a skeleton of a review that's written in a non-AI way, won't be found by a human, uh, like the detectors. And then you can just feed it more answers. Okay, actually, I like a review, but can you add this, 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 continue to write in a non-AI way. Um, and then so the, check the checkers, the checkers might well start to do, um, always make sure to check for text that's been primed to be written in a non-AI way. Yeah, and then we're in an infinite loop, right? It's like when you put the camera on and you just keep seeing yourself yes. in the <laughs> like a Black Mirror episode. Mm. Uh, like yesterday's Black Mirror episode. Uh, I don't know if you, anybody watched it. But they did, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and then recently we've been exploring the idea of talent marketing. So YouTube automation for ca candidate advice, uh, rewriting existing blog posts and then turning them into scripts using something like 11 labs to pull out the data. This is all stuff that's already out there. And we're just basically utilizing what is out there optimized for essentially e-commerce. So if I look at e-commerce businesses that are using ChatGPT, that's where I'm like really focusing my energy and saying, okay, whatever they're doing to get customers, we can do to get candidates. And yeah, that's, that's what helping me. You've said some amazing things already, Yes, I could listen to this all day, um, and I'm just trying to remember, you know, the, the, some of the key points that you, you, you you've, you've explored. 
Um, the first thing I want to, uh, that struck me from what you've just said, Yasser, was how you've divided the work between the, 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 the stuff I need to do and the stuff you shouldn't be doing, and then deployed the AI to the stuff you shouldn't be doing, but you've been asked to do anyway. Um, and I just thought that's like a very interesting uh, move. Because I think a lot of people just have one inbox, right? Just have one funnel. Um, and they're just trying to knock out stuff as, as it comes in um, without actually analyzing, okay, what is the urgency? What's the importance? What's the impact? Um, and you'll find that once you filter through the priorities that come through, um, you will have the things that you do need headspace and full focus on, but there will be other stuff that still needs actioning at some point. Um, and it's like, okay, why don't I just use the AI to do that actioning on the, I guess, less urgent uh, less immediate, um, but still needs to be done type of activity. That's quite an interesting, isn't that an interesting way to think about it, folks? Well, I wonder whether that may help um, uh, uh, unlock the adoption rate uh, for a lot of people who currently think, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm still human uh, and, and imposing myself on this. Um, um, okay, uh, in, in terms of sort of the, uh, the, the, the second thing you mentioned that I thought was super, super interesting um, was how you were able to kind of loop in some information um, uh, that uh, on the review process. Again, I mean, that was uh, uh, something I don't think many people uh, would, would think to do. Um, uh, but of course, producing reviews as you become a leader and have more reports and bigger teams and so forth, that becomes an escalating responsibility. Uh, your human management, if you like, the management of other humans um, becomes a bigger and bigger task uh, as you escalate as a leader, as you grow up as a leader. So using the, the tooling to help you do the le heavy lifting here makes perfect sense for anybody in the leadership group uh, uh, to, uh, to be doing, I guess. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't do it because there's an ethical uh, element to it, which is should we be sharing someone's personal details with ChatGPT? But if there is someone who is going to do it, they would definitely benefit from it. But you can you can use these Chrome add-ons to provide data to ChatGPT through CSV files. So if you are a recruitment leader and you wanted to analyze your previous year's performance versus this year's and you were able to pull it from your ATS like Greenhouse, like your time to hire, time to fill, you know, candidates, conversion rates, et cetera, and you wanted to do a full analysis on it, you could, like a lot of people, when they use ChatGPT, they create new chats every time. So they lose the content. Whereas you create one chat and then continuously feed that. So you feed it with the information of your previous year. And then this year, what you're trying to achieve, do an analysis of where the biggest gaps are, pull that data. The key with ChatGPT is probably the Chrome add-ons. The more Chrome add-ons you use, Problem is there's thousands coming out every day. So it's like impossible to keep track of one. You got one that's got product gap, next one comes out next day, fills that. And it's like this adoption, I'd say the absorption rate is so difficult to keep up with. You're learning how to use something every single day, which is exhausting, which is the one thing I'd say, which is quite uh, annoying. That's why I only stick to to not do list. Cause I'm not trying to figure out how to do things I don't know how to do. I'm trying to figure out how to make the things I do already know how to do that annoy me disappear. Yeah, very, very. Talk to me a bit more about the e-commerce kind of uh, sort of angle here, because obviously HelloFresh are an e-commerce business. Um, yeah. It's built on the idea of logistic of logistical efficiency. Um, how much of your participation in that company has helped you think around sort of making these efficiencies within the uh, recruiting process, yes? 
massively. You see, e-commerce use a lot of marketing, a lot of automation anyway. They've used a lot of the stuff that we haven't even heard about in recruitment. So sitting down with marketing leaders, you learn a lot about what the existing process is. You won't learn about what the best process is for ChatGPT, but you definitely learn how they kind of sell to customers. You mentioned HelloFresh now, probably on your phone, you go to Instagram, it's there suddenly for some weird reason, right? That's us like knowing how to do that properly. Um, but what I actually found was from that experience going, like just take your phone, go to Instagram, chat, type in ChatGPT. Most of the videos are about how to optimize it to get customers or how to make money. And if you actually listen to it and listen to it, and eventually you're like, hold on, if I change the word money or customers with candidates, this becomes a little easier to understand. And the more you the more you deep dive into it, then I relay it back to work. And then if I've ever got a question like, okay, like what would you, I don't know, uh, video marketing, you know how like TikTok does the video marketing and you put something on there and it goes viral and it just goes a bit crazy. A lot of people are intentionally using ChatGPT to just flood videos. It's like a roulette game. And then the one that hits and sticks um, ends up. So it's like that YouTube automation model as well. Um, I think that's going to be the, the scary thing that comes out in the future, where it's just like you can't keep up with the content because there's so much content being created. It's all about the filters in that case. It's all about your personal filters. Well, the content might be created just for you. That's the thing, right? The more it gets advanced, the more the content might not actually be seen by anybody else. It's the, the only person seeing that content is you, and it's generative AI creating the content, the script, the images, wow. all specifically that's a, for you. That's a crazy vision, isn't it, folks? Imagine that our shared reality, which is already fragmented, yeah, fragmenting online, as anybody who's ever been had it, having a political debate on any kind of comment platform will tell you. Um, but imagine if everything you saw digitally was completely tuned to your own preferences, and that's the only thing you saw, and someone else, your, your partner, your brother, your mother, or whoever it might, might be, could be typing in the same things or trying to make the same requests from the system, they'll be produced, they'll be, the outputs will be completely different and tailored to them. So this is hyper, hyper, hyper personalization. We would no longer have a shared universe to talk about. That's a very interesting and scary world. Um, good, bad, we don't know. We've never seen a world like that. So who knows what that's going to look like. Um, folks, we have to keep piling on because we are well over time. Yes, sir, we, all, we also need to talk also for our Berlin trip. So I'm excited for us on that. So uh, yes, thanks for doing some lifting on this. I'll be diving back into that when I'm back in the UK next week. Um, but thanks a lot for dropping in and sharing your know-how um, on uh, ChatGBT. And definitely follow us on this on LinkedIn very very smart guy in terms of just using this these innovations in a practical way that makes a difference uh for recruitment efficiency um cool um okay adam i can't actually see you now because the video is gone um but i think you're still there oh, um i am here yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's just gone for me because i've got this terrible wi-fi here but everyone else can see you uh, but bear that in mind because i can't see you i don't know whether you want to say anything so i uh, just pop in and say something right um i do want to say one quick thing actually we were talking about personalization to the power of one there i got an advert yesterday which came from a, it, it said adam as a 46 year old it, this was an advert on the internet adam as a 46 year old dad you need dad's life insurance i went wow okay knows my name knows my age Mate, I'd be I'd be happy with that kind of that kind of advert. I get depressed by adverts now because it's like incontinence treatments and uh, you know 
hairlock. It's like, dude, I'm nowhere near it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like giving me all this stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, I need, I need to kind of re review my how, how my age is. Rachel here. Um, Rachel, um, welcome to the show. Can you hear me okay? I can indeed. Thanks for having me. Actually, no. Um, I can't hear or see Rachel at all. She's gone. Well, um, I can. I just heard Rachel. I can hear and see Rachel. It's your Wi-Fi, mate. Is that right? Okay. Well, Adam, can you t take this part forward? Because I can't actually yes. hear or see anything. Yeah. Rachel, give us a give us a quick introduction. Who are you? Hey, everybody. So I'm Rachel. I'm one of the senior talent partners at Instant Impact and head up all of the internal hiring at Field Energy. Um, effectively looking after everything across the across the globe. Okay, um, so let's just get straight on with it. Like, what are some of the cool things that you've been doing with ChatGPT? Because I, I know you have been doing some because we've talked about it before. So let's yeah. talk about it more. Yeah, cool. So just a couple of different things, I think, just in terms of, of making my day to day easier. And a lot of it has been sort of trial and error, playing around with things, um, using it to create training content. So one of the examples that, that I've used it for is to create career maps for fictitious business units within uh, within field and using that to, to get hiring managers really thinking about team structure. How are we going to approach sort of the next hire? Do we look to promote internally and, and hire more junior? Those sort of different applications of it. But um, then also sort of looking at things from more of a, a candidate reach out and attraction perspective, doing blogs and getting it to to reframe some of the content that I've generated and making it flow a bit better to reach more people. So just more personal optimization and looking at ways that it can be applied in the future in a more scalable way. Gosh, right. Okay. Lots of really practical things. Um, in terms of like, uh, th like marketing related things like job adverts and social media posts and things like that, anything, anything in that kind of area? Yeah, so sort of getting it to, to focus on tone of voice, so giving it examples from the like company careers page, um, like feeding in from, from the marketing team and asking them for like prompts on actually what the company tone of voice is, how we would structure things, and getting ChatGPT to, to really look at things from that lens to give much better content and, and much better reach-out messages and JDs that can attract people, but from different skill sets, so tailoring it to software developers and tailoring it to people within the finance departments and, and finance industry and um where do you think this can go i mean do, do, do we need recruiters in six months time what's sure. happening I, I think the application of like ai in general there's going to be jobs that maybe it does replace but i think you have to to adopt it and it's going to make all of us better at our jobs and, and better experiences across the full life cycle but i was talking to a colleague yesterday and it's almost like having the, the the smartest person in the business or the best person within like TA and being able to just throw loads of questions at it and just use it as a sounding board. And that's where I found the, the success that I've had with ChatGTPT is by using it in that manner. So getting it to sense check things, asking questions and sort of using it as that like extra lens to review stuff. Yeah, I I keep coming back to. I thought about this right at the beginning, and I keep coming back to it all the time. It's almost like a personal assistant. Yeah, it's almost like it it it, it expands your capabilities, it expands your knowledge, it expands your ability to scale things. One hundred percent. I think when I first started in in recruitment, 
what I would always do was speak to the people in the business who were the best at different things and try and apply some of the ways that they worked to how I worked to develop and to grow. And with ChatGTPT, it's it's literally there and you can just ask it questions all the time and continue to develop and learn. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about it. And in yeah. terms of, of teams moving forward, being able to roll it out for, for different use cases across different like industry verticals and different types of recruitment, it, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Great. Hung, are you back? Can you hear Rachel again or not? Yeah, I've kind of come off mic simply because I can't hear Rachel. I can hear you, Adam. So I've kind of got this bizarre scenario where I can hear half the conversation. Um, so, yeah. um, <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I'm just going to thank Rachel. Rachel, sorry, short, short, and, short and sweet. This is not my show. We, need, we need, kind of need hung on. So short and sweet. But listen, you've just already given us about 10 different things that people can practically go and actually make use of themselves. So, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, feel free to connect, I think, with Rachel um, and uh, share, continue to share ideas uh, on ChatGPT and talent acquisition. Thanks, Rachel. Great. Thanks a lot for joining, Rachel. My apologies. I wasn't able to interact with you directly. It was kind of kind of strange. I mean, I've never had that situation before, but I am in a reasonably ropey Wi-Fi spot, so I beg your pardon. I'm in Barcelona, by the way, obviously an amazing city with great Wi-Fi. Um, however, the hotel I'm in is actually kind of in... Like well in the north i think it's the uh uh barcelona equivalent of hounslow or something um so it's like you, you know i don't know maybe they're still on 4g or something um, okay i think jan is with us he's still with us um i'm, I'm texting Hopefully. him now um yeah I, I, he's like i should have brought him on like an hour ago but let's see if jan is still here and and we're gonna hope um he's that in demand gonna, he's massively in demand not only that but he's just cracking out with this amazing content as well a lot of it chat gpt related a lot of it simply recruitment related um so but he's always been one of these in fact away from the come on we'll talk we'll talk about it when he when he's here um did, did i tell you that i wrote 92 minute video scripts with chat gpt in about i don't know a day and a half no not, you didn't no, no not 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 even a day and a half in about four hours no, you didn't, but I know you're very lazy, Adam. So I'm sure you're you'll be making yourself uh, well used to this. Um, okay, we have we have Jan here. It looks like we can see him for sure. Can can you hear us? Okay, Jan. Yeah, I can hear you, but it was kind of like lagging for like, let's say ten minutes. So hopefully it's going to work. We'll yeah, see. I I do think it's probably me as well because we're, we're going over time, and I don't think basically any video live streaming channel particularly likes that, particularly on the plan I have. So um, anyway, Jan, <laughs> for, for, for the uh, skin, what can I tell you? No, for, for, for the people who don't know you, by the way, Jan, you're famous. Um, Cause I mean, I went to a conference in Barcelona obviously yesterday. You were on at least one presentation, I think two, uh, like randomly mentioned. So, uh, so everyone knows you already. It's but, a product but, placement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably is well paid. <laughs> but for the people who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Who are you, what it is you do, Jan? uh so i wrote a book uh build a sourcing games and i'm a huge fan of sourcing recruitment overall and i'm writing a lot on blogs linkedin and everywhere else so that's usually my short introduction 
That's it. So follow you on TechZ. If you're interested in the world of recruiting, particularly in the just operational side, getting more efficient and better at it, some really interesting stuff there. Um, Jan, the topic here is to think about how TA leaders have been using ChatGPT. My premise is basically, oh, you know what? Most people who are doing it have basically gone undirected, you know, off their own initiative, uh, which is uh, which is quite right at certain sometimes. But at the at, at other times, you kind of may be concerned that perhaps leaders are being left behind here. Um, so I wondered whether you have any thoughts on that and whether you've uh, kind of done anything with the team um, with generative AI or, or has it still been a case that it's individuals uh, kind of doing it off their own bat in your business? So everyone is using ChatGPT. that's the fact. Nobody is going to admit at work for one simple reason, security, right? The privacy policy and everything related to that. And if you mentioned that you would like to start using ChatGPT for your work-related stuff, then probably your security team will go crazy <laughs> together with lawyers and with others. But we have a training, we have a really good leader and she basically asked me to prepare the, uh, you know, she realized that ChatGPT is the future. Uh, so she asked me to prepare the, the training for the team. So I basically showed the team some basics, how to build the prompts, how to use the tools, that there are more tools than ChatGPT. And I have got like probably eight or 10 similar tools like ChatGPT. So I sh I'm sharing also those tools with the team so it could help them to learn about those tools and how to work because if they can learn how to create prompts it's not only beneficial for them but it's also beneficial for the team and the entire company because you know you don't want to uh, you know not use something that everyone is using and uh, i'm also seeing on the responses that my team members are sending me uh, one of the requests i've got about regarding some data uh, so the recruiter sent me some introduction uh, about that project and I was like, oh my God, that looks kind of suspicious because it was way better than before and it was written and improved by ChatGPT. and, you know, I, w I wasn't mad at all. I was really excited because that basically showed me that she's using it, she's improving and we had a chat how she's using it, how we can improve it. And I'm really excited about the technology, but it will be a little bit hard to officially implement it into any other company due to privacy reasons and, and GDPR and everything related to that. And that's the reason why I decided to build one of the application to, in that way to see how to implement uh, ChatGPT in the company in more proper way uh, than just like everyone goes rogue <laughs> and start using free free version chat GPT because at some point it will not be free at all so yeah that's right so and by the way you know uh quickly about it, i'm seeing people on the on the chat stream saying things are buffering and all the rest of it i do believe it's simply because we've been on air this amount of time it might just be a case of refreshing the browser give that a shot um and hopefully that's going to help um so so yan it's great that your team is kind of empowered to use the technologies um and and uh, it, the awareness i guess that you know people are going to use this on their own uh initiative irrespective of direction is is something that leadership need, needs to need to grasp and understand and um work with rather than 
overly police or overly direct. Um, uh, where do you see it going in the next phase? Uh, it's the, this thing is moving so fast. Um, uh, the speed of innovation is, 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 no one can keep up with it. Yes, I mentioned earlier uh, today, it's thousands of new things happening. It's like you can't understand what's happening uh, all the time. You can't keep learning in the same way because it is mentally exhausting. Um, how do you see it, it kind of evolving? Are we just going to get deluged with the, all of this innovation and not be able to do any productivity because we're, uh, we're trying to relearn stuff all the time well honestly i believe that at some point there will be like ai burnout people will be really overloaded by everything uh, that's related by ai and, and, and as you mentioned there are so many tools coming every day and i'm reading twitter and every day there is a new tool new thing that is going to work at some point but i believe there will be thousands and thousands of other tools on the market but at some point they will be those the the major one that it will be used uh, for let's say for, for doing the interviews there will be just 10 competitors not 200,000 competitors at some point uh, but the ai is everywhere just yesterday i'm using one tool for for mind map and for other things and they implemented ai and the things that i was doing for let's say two or three hours i was able to do that within like five minutes and I was calculating the number of hours I save every every week. And I basically find out that I'm saving every week around 12 hours. My goal That's is amazing. to my goal is to get that up to 24 hours. So I will have one extra day for a week for things that could be done or not outsourced to some local country, but to JetGPT. So so far it's 12 hours. I done some research and I believe by end of the year I will be I will be able to get one extra day for a week. So that's the plan. Yeah, and I'm a, I I would say I'm a reasonably early adopter with new technologies. Um but I I get like my advice around what to adopt from people like you because you're a bit ahead of me. So uh, how how what advice would you give to people so they don't end up with burnout? And like this is not new because as sourcing technologies all developed and developed there was like explosion and you, you could hardly keep up with all the different things so you've been here and done it How, what's the best way to try and filter like here's the ones i need to know about the rest i don't need to know about it yet so so on twitter linkedin uh, there is option to save tabs right so or or, or post so you have a tab called save post so i've got probably hundreds or thousands things post uh so, you know share there and say there but i honestly do that just to prevent the fomo so i'm not like hey i'm going to miss something it's safe there it's not going anywhere but i ignore it and i ignore it for one simple reason if i check every single thing that somebody did and and create i will go mental people are creating uh ebooks or books about ChatGPT. And they have like, and I read, and I read ton of those things. They have zero clue how prompts are uh, should be created. So my recommendation to everyone: ignore it, learn from it. Yes, read it, sure, but ignore it. Don't try to beat someone because there will be hundreds of thousand people. They will generate the content faster. But if you really learn how to create the prompts, how tone, temperature, uh, you know, character. Uh, is working, 
you will beat every single other person. I work with AI, it will be like a year and a half because there was a ChatGPT playground before it was ChatGPT. And I was really amazed about those things. I started building one application at a time that failed drastically. So I'm building a completely different thing. But every other day, um, if you open your LinkedIn, there are like 99% of people are using ChatGPT wrongly. Here is my prompt or here is this and here and that. I, I try to ignore those because take those prompts for uh, resumes, right? There is a prompt, write a resume for recruiter with five year experience. That's completely wrong prompt because you will get the generative or gener generic uh, results. So I wrote the ebook for uh, job seekers that is free for anyone. About those prompts, they are probably like that bigger. And people can learn from those examples how to craft their own prompt. Because even if I believe my prompts are good, I don't believe they are perfect. There's still lots of room for improvement. But ignoring others, it's probably the first step because so many people are generating so many, and I'm sorry for the word, shit. Uh, the ebooks about 10,000 prompts about uh, in recruitment, or these are the prompts that is going to no, nothing what they are sharing is going to help you because you will be repeating the same thing as, as we did with uh, Boolean uh, operators or Boolean search strings. Somebody create one, you just copy paste, and you didn't think how to customize it, or how to get better results. And the history is repeat, repeat again because. We are not using Boolean operators anymore. We are using now ChatGPT prompts, but we are using prompts that somebody else created. And majority of those people have like zero clue how the AI and ChatGPT is working. And that makes me sad. So ignore it, learn, try to fail, but find someone like some kind of, let's say, not a sourcing body, but let's say AI body. And try to discuss some of your prompts, uh, technology tools, and those type of things. Because if you have someone like that, it's it's way better. So find a buddy, ignore the majority of those because people are trying to scam you for money. People try to make them smart. And when I run the, uh, or run, when I use several tools and I basically run, let's say hundreds of posts from my timeline and 50% of, uh, 50 of them, were done by AI. CEOs announcing things. Many recruiters are generating posts that have like zero glue and, and validity to anyone, but people trying to use ChatGPT to be famous, get likes, you know, get the get the endorphins <laughs> and the hype and the, the rush. So that's the reason why we're seeing so many, so many content. And and Twitter is even worse than it's basically like. Kids are generating 10K month, just be like them. And here are my prompts, how you can get it. Or, so, so ignoring it, it's the first step and it will definitely make you happy. Yeah, well, yeah, I, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just one, one more question for me, which is I've seen a lot of people commenting that, oh, we need to, we need to make sure that we're not allowing candidates to use generative AI <laughs> to like game their assessment and stuff like that. <clears throat> What's your, what's your thoughts about this? Uh, well, as my grandmother mentioned one time before she died, th there is a special place for people, uh, there is a special place in hell for those people 
And I, what I did, those people who are saying those things, if you check their previous, previous history, the articles and posts, you will realize that they are using ChatGPT and AI tools for various things, for emails. So those, you know, everyone, every single person in the freaking prong world should go and use AI for one simple reason. Those tools are already implemented almost everywhere or will be implemented everywhere. And you want to understand how those tools are working because if you are not going to figure out how those tools are working, there will be others who already know and they will be better paid. They will steal your job, not AI, them. And they will be way prepared. And I made the prediction that within two years, there will be 40% less recruiters in our industry. And I believe it will be because I'm, I already can replace half of the people of 10 number of team, or if you have a team of 10 people, I can replace five of them and replace them with AI or with AI tools. It's is the right way? Absolutely not. Because as a human, I would love to speak with the humans because that's the better way. But within the two years, that, will, that tech will be so advanced that you will probably not going to figure out that the, the other person on the other side is someone who is not human. It's basically AI or voice bot or whatever. We are going to have yeah. to bring back to face-to-face -face communication, folks. I do think and we have to bring this conversation to a close, by the way, because we're running way, way over time. Um, and, and also, I think people can't hear us properly because it seems that it, this thing is still buffering. Uh, but, Jan, I think you, you ended it on a really interesting note. And it's a somber note, but it's also important for us not to be... Uh, falsely optimistic or inaccurate in our optimism. Um, and it is the case uh, that uh, uh, AI is going to be disruptive to almost every industry that uses digital communications uh, and recruitment is, is one of those industries. So we need to stare that directly in the face and understand how best to position for whatever future is to come. Now that's a topic for another show, folks. We're definitely going to do that. Maybe it's one we can actually get uh, Jan on specifically to talk about, um, you know, what is the future of recruiting in the um, in the uh, in the face of this type of disruption. Um, okay, folks, we have to bring it to an end. Jan, thanks for swap, uh, hanging on in and, and, and dropping in uh, at last minute. Um, wonderful to see you. And hopefully we'll get the chance to uh, chat soon. Um, Adam, I, I actually can't see you either. You're like, um, uh, oh, I'm you're here. all right. Well, listen, thanks for hanging on as well, mate. Um, uh, uh, you know, we've been wrestling with bad Wi Fi and looks like bad internet. I think a lot of people have been as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, fantastic conversation with everybody here. Um, and I think hopefully lots of value shared. Um, I don't think this topic's going to go away. We'll probably go and do another one uh, with a slightly different angle going forward. I'm sure it will be as popular as. Uh, as before uh, folks we have to come to the end uh, we are back next week we are going to be talking about demographic crisis i believe um, so if you are thinking about what is happening with the candidate shortage in certain sectors can't find nurses can't find tradespeople, can't file construction people that means things can't be done uh, tangible stuff cannot be done by the way, all of these jobs where we can't find candidates for happen to be the most AI resistant jobs. So have a think about that kind of dizzy. Um, what are we going to do about it? How do we get, uh, understand 
the demographic changes in society are impacting some of these essential jobs that are not being done because there's not enough people to do them. Uh, we'll be doing that next week, so make sure you follow the channel. Um, follow my profile if you're watching this on LinkedIn. You'll be able to watch it there. Um, and we'll be back next week, um, back at normal process. So I'll see you then, folks. Uh, thanks for watching. Cheers. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam, well done, mate. Uh, yeah, I won't be here next Friday. Why not? You resigned. I'm, dri I'm driving through the... No, I'm driving from... Next Friday, I'll be driving from Amsterdam to Baden-Baden. For? Going to France all summer. And I... uh, yes, myself and Ruri are uh, going the overnight ferry from South Shields to... Uh, Amsterdam on Tuesday night and then sorry Wednesday uh, Thursday night and then Friday morning we're driving to uh yeah driving to Baden-Baden staying overnight there and then driving to Lake Geneva the following day amazing so just the guys right uh girls are all flying they weren't <laughs> they weren't doing a road trip <laughs> Don't worry. Sustain it. The girls are probably a better idea. Uh, they'll, they'll be at they'll be at Lake Como or something. We're, we're waiting for you to arrive as you like dragging your way, dragging your boy all the way through. Um, all yeah. right, listen. Uh, if you're not there, that's fine. Uh, have a safe trip, obviously. Um, and, and mate, if you need to take a break, um, take a break. Let me know. Opportunity um, for an upgrade. Uh, exactly. There'll, there'll be there'll be someone stepping up, yeah. biting. You know, there's a big queue. Of people get me in there. Well, um, yeah, that's the thing. If you're not looking over your shoulder, you're going to get replaced. Yeah, that's it, mate. You're always got the <laughs> you got always first option, mate. First option. Well, I'll be back All in right. a fortnight then. All right, I'll let you go, mate. Um, Cheers. I'll see you next week or the week All following. Right. Yeah. All, All right, right. See bye. ya.